Hello and welcome to the Total Football Podcast. My name is Egan Hart and today I'm joined by Andrew Conway. On this week's show we'll be reviewing the Premier League with some European review action as well, as well as previewing the upcoming Champions League fixtures. Serious foul play. A tackle or challenge that endangers the safety of an opponent or uses excessive force or brutality must be sanctioned as serious foul play. That is a red card. Sadio Mane this weekend boot connected with Manchester City's goalkeeper Ederson. If you've seen any photos or any video of this, it's pretty brutal. We were not for a second saying that Sadio Mane intended to lodge his studs into Ederson's face. No, I, I don't think he did. Like, who's, no, he who, didn't. Who, who does think that? Like, he was he was on a different planet, as it was said afterwards. He just sat and he was completely in shock himself, Sadio yeah. Mane, that he'd actually even done it. And it wasn't... An extreme challenge. It wasn't a, a punch to the face. It wasn't. No. A, it wasn't a kick to the chest. It didn't even really feel like you know the tackle in the World Cup final, Nigel Leong exactly. and Xabi Alonso. Like that felt like it had malice behind it. Yeah, this was completely a stretch of the ball. It's a dangerous play. It's a red card. I don't think there's any real question in it. Why no, wouldn't? well, that, unless you're talking to Gary Neville. Yeah, Gary Neville. He did not believe he was apoplectic with the with shock that someone could be sent off for trying to get the ball, for really trying their damnedest to get the ball. And it was just a, a normal, a racing instant would be what it would be called in yeah. Formula 1. It was two players going for one ball, one player coming out winning the ball, the other player winning the other player's face. You know, the, they're not... It's 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 a strange world, you know. It's it's it is dangerous play. Anything that endangers a footballer, anyone that puts someone else at risk, it can't be tolerated. No, it's just like okay, in the heat of the moment, it's very easy to all of a sudden just go for the ball. But it, there has to be a consequence of you can't mm. just kick another player in the mm. face. Like Gary Neville's argument is that it would create a huge amount of confusion, and we even had an example of it on on was it Sunday when it was on Sunday when Newcastle played Swansea and Matt Ritchie. The exa- it did the exact same thing almost connected with the face of an opponent and it was like oh it's okay it's okay he didn't mean to do it but that was as dangerous as anything and the ref faced criticism for it but th- that referee made a mistake yeah like the referee in the Man City match did not make a mistake he, he yeah credit to John Moss like he, he saw it yeah, and he was like he was he in wasn't a great a, position for it no, as well no hesitation in it as well it's like no no it's a red card like, yeah. the player needs treatment immediately you know I don't care that you're going for the ball and you only had eyes for the ball like who cares if you only had eyes for the ball? Like yeah. If you, you know, if he kicked him in the neck and, you know, the same question would have had, that would have been even lower on the body. Yeah. You know, he kicked him in the forehead. Like, even if you look at the picture of Edison's face now, like the mm-hmm. stitches he has, one of them is very close to his eye. Yeah. Like, imagine if he actually did hit him in the eye. Like, yeah. we could be talking about an even more serious injury. Yeah, that would be the end of his career. That would be a career-ending yeah. injury. Like, the same, like, I was thinking about this, like, 30 years ago, you could still, two-footed tackles were, they weren't, you know, they would still be penalised. But yeah. they weren't ridiculed and outlawed from the game the way they are now and known as like that that's break a, a leg yeah it's a career threatening challenge you could you could really sav- like savagely destroy someone's career by doing something reckless and this is what it was it was reckless there was no malice in it we 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 agree on that there's no malice but like there definitely was danger there and it was it was no doubt a red card in my eyes like i don't know what you think about it do you, you know like, I think, you know how sometimes, like, this was very apparent after the Neil Taylor incident yeah. against Seamus Coleman when he just he completely destroyed yeah. Coleman's leg. Yeah. Like, 
a lot of pundits came out after the fact, and Chris Coleman, I believe, came out after He's the not fact. Not that kind of player. Yeah, not that kind of player. You know, he only dies like, for the ball. You know? Like that, that doesn't matter. Like yeah. Sadio Mane, like he's he's yeah. not the kind of player to generally go out and try and kick people in the face. But it doesn't yeah. matter. He did it. He yeah. actually kicked a man in the face with yeah. his studs. Yeah. That's a red card. I I just don't understand how Gary Neville thinks that it isn't a red card or anyone else. Like it's the only eyes for the ball. He's like I, I generally enjoy Gary Neville's punditry. I think he's been quite the addition to punditry over the years. Mm-hmm. But like that's just how can you think that? Like I think it was a heat of the moment because he was on commentary duty. Yeah, it was a heat of the moment thing. Himself and Martin Tyler both immediately. What? That's not a. That's not a free kick. Yeah, and like a, the Edison was down on the ground for like several minutes, mm. and they were still debating over whether it should have been a right carry. Like the player is down; like he's yeah. clearly not well. Yeah, any no like, no passing mention even of like his own well being. Mm. There's very few challenges, and when when you actually think about it, and think about this is something for your listen for listeners to think about as well. Think of a challenge in football that results in an injury. Like think of anything now. Think of a kick, a chop, you know, a fifty fifty. You know, and and out of it, Against, uh, he's done it a few times in Aldovich. Yeah, uh, he against Southampton. Ma- Southampton. He did against Matthew Debushi as well, if you remember himself. He elbowed yeah. him off the field. It was, you know, jostling and Debushi yeah, yeah. was out for a year after that. Did his shoulder injury. I think any challenge that will result in the injury of another player should be penalised, should be brought back. In any other sport, if, you, if a challenge you've done is, has caused serious injury to another player, yeah. It's brought back, you know, if if this was happening in basketball, I know it's not a contact sport, but it was happening in NFL, it was going to happen in hockey. If someone, int- like, intentionally or not, if someone went out to injure someone else or a challenge resulted in yeah. a serious injury that wasn't completely accidental, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to kick you in the head now because I'm trying to get the ball. Yeah. Stephen Hunt famously lodged his knee into Pedercek's skull more than 10 years ago now, and Pedercek still wears a skull cap because of it. Probably... Con, you know, contributed to Chelsea not winning the league that season. Him being yeah, they, he was out in Claudio Ranieri or not Claudio Ranieri. It was Jose Mourinho's second last. Season. He got sacked. Very yeah, early the who was the other keeper? Carlo Cudicini. No, but it was Hilario, I believe, who came on. If you remember, no, Hilario. it was Cudicini that came on later in that match, and then he got injured, and John Terry to go in at the end of the match. Yeah, it was, but the the complete pomposity of that match. Yeah, aside. That changed the course of Petr Cech's career. To that point, he was yeah. probably up there as one of the best keepers in the world. And I don't think he's ever come close to that. No, he's he won hasn't. the Champions League. He's been to World Cup. Like since. he's ha- he's had fine performances, but he no. he's not had that consistency. No, he was not. He was acknowledged like this man is something else. He's brave. He's agile. He's athletic. He's yeah. Tall. He, he like he didn't quite have that braveness, and understandably mm. so. Like when something like that happens, you are going to be yeah. kind of thinking about it in the back of your head. Yeah. Of it like, accelerated oh, will it happen the again in his career. Yeah. That we should only really be starting to see since basically his move to Arsenal. Yeah, that that that's fair to say, but like. Stephen Hunt wasn't even penalised for that, if you remember. He vaguely remember, yeah, he was like, and he got a lot similar to Mane at the moment. He was getting a lot of criticism from yeah, like, different you, you quarters. You shouldn't do that, like, and he was like, no, no, I was going for the ball. It was a fair, sh- and fair enough, he was. There was no malice in it. He was going for the ball. No, he was trying to leave in his knee, and the, leave in his knee, and the odd chance the keeper might drop the ball or yeah. you know cower away from the challenge. But like, jump over the keeper or avoid the keeper, and that's why these type of things need to be penalised. Because if you don't penalise, yeah, we them, need to stamp them out of the game, basically. Exactly. That's why two footed challenges. Thirty years ago, two footed challenges were they they weren't not penalised, but they weren't yeah. they were acceptable. Now they're not. Like the moment you go in two foot, you don't get go near the player. You're probably going to get a red card. Yeah, just look at Gary Cahill in the first week. That's why I really thought that was a great use of sending off a player by a referee because. 
while mm-hmm. he might not have actually broken the player's leg, there is a real possibility that he could have mm-hmm. if the player he tackled was standing in a slightly different way or whatever. And that's why, like, they like they need to stamp that kind of play. It doesn't intent is never brought into the rules. It's dangerous play. It's serious foul play. A tackle or challenge that endangers the safety of an opponent. That's what these things are. That's what Gary Cahill's challenge was. That's what Sadio Mane's challenge was. That's what Matt Ritchie's challenge was yeah. against Swansea. These, sh- they're, they've no place in the game. Like 30 years ago, you're allowed to chop people down. You're allowed to tackle from behind. They yeah. ruled that out. Did the game die? Did the game... The game has arguably gotten even better. Yeah, it's gone on. The game will pass this by. It will get better yeah. once this happens. Like it's a, a topic for another show entirely with the the VAR in the European countries at the yeah. moment has it's shown up mistakes every week, but it's shown up great decisions every week. And these type of things are going to become key to VAR in the future when you're gonna see something happening and from the referee's angle, like the referee didn't get the Matt Ritchie one. Yeah. Renato Sanchez for no apparent reason seemed to kick a Newcastle player between the legs yeah. from behind. Which was completely missed. Yeah, it was completely missed. Like, a VAR could have seen that. Yeah, and, like, if it, like maybe that was completely innocuous. But, like, yeah. if there was intent there, that would be immediately, penal, immediately penalised the player. Like, if football does not want to go into the thing of retroactively banning players, which yeah. it only seems to want to do for diving, not for anything else. Yeah, you only ever see it... Like, Aguero got retro, retroactively mm. banned last season, but it's unless still it's rare. A, unless it is absolutely or horrific. Mitrovic they don't do it. this season. Yeah. Unless it's like so like it obvious. has to be severe, yeah. yeah. Obvious and you know an honest mistake that the ref missed it. Yeah, and they come back, but like things should be picked up the way it is sighting in rugby. Yeah, like, rugby has been very good for it. Like, and it is a comparable sport. I know it's a lot on a much bigger scale in football, but it, you can make this work at the top level. Yeah, it's 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 a strange thing. Like, no doubt this did change the results. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Like Liverpool weren't out of the game at all. No, it was one 0 at the time. It, it completely the... changed how Liverpool would have had to go about the rest of the match, and they just kind of seemed to give up, really, especially after the second goal. Yeah, it was just kind of it was a very it was very reminiscent of we spoke a lot about it last week when or the week before last week at this stage when Liverpool played Arsenal. Yeah, and Arsenal seemed to just give up at a certain point in that match. Yeah, Liverpool seemed to just we've been hard done by like. If you want to say, like, Liverpool have actually appealed that red card. Yeah, they're appealing the length of the red card. Oh, so they're appealing yeah, as violent conduct. Yeah, that just came out recently, right before we recorded, yeah. So, violent conduct would be a three-match ban, I presume, in a... Yeah, generally three-match ban. And, a, you know, a conventional red would be one. Well, it? normally it's a, a a straight red card, it'd be three matches, maybe four, depend. Like, he could have been given a four-match ban. Oh, okay, so they're trying to get it. But, like... It is violent conduct. Like, yeah, you kick no. the guy in the head. Like, it's not... Int- like, you don't have to be have intent to be violent. No. That's... It's it's a strange... Like, if you... A strange appeal. Like, if you're walking down the street and you accidentally turn around and elbow someone who was walking directly behind you, like, you didn't intend to elbow that person, but yeah. you still... You still injured that person. Yeah. It was a violent assault, whether it was meant or not. Yeah. Like, Liverpool do have prior on this. I remember uh, Louis Suarez and Patrice Evra. Yeah. Their racist comment and, you know, Liverpool appealed that to the end. Like, maybe it is showing loyalty to the player that they're showing they're not yeah. in behind. But, like, Liverpool seem to be bad at picking these battles. Yeah, they are. They're like, these are not noble. I remember Kenny stands. Daglish's post-match interview after that, that Manchester United match. What did he say? Oh, uh, he was still, like, the, obviously he was brought up because Suarez wasn't, he was done his suspension at that point, I think. Or, mm. or he played in the match anyway, and yeah. they asked him about it, and he was very angry, adamant that the player was, wasn't that kind of player. No, oh, yeah. It's always that argument. They're not that type of player. They're not yeah. that type of player until they are that type of player. Yeah. That's my view of that. And... Sadio Mane does have a nasty streak to him. He has, 
stuff happened yeah, before. He got sent off last season against yeah. Southampton, I think, actually. Yeah, against his former club, and he has he had a bit of a reputation. He's a bit of a reputation for hothead. Now, at this point, I do not think he was being a hothead. No, I this think was it was just a, a racing 50-50, incident. Yeah. That's you know that's what it is, but. Liverpool completely collapsed after that. They conceded yeah, a goal. They conceded two goals secondly before the end of that half because they had one disallowed. Man City had a it, goal. Was it not two 0 at half time? It was two 0 at half time, but Man City scored. They scored a goal that was disallowed for half, oh, offside, yes, yes, yes. and then almost immediately scored again, and a goal that yeah. was an offside, and almost identical moves. Both one was from the right hand side, cross in, header in. One was same player scoring. Yeah. It, uh Gabriel, Gabriel Jesus. Jesus, and then the same again. De Bruyne left hand side, cross in, goal. But I think uh, while the Sadio Mane incident is clearly the the biggest talking point in this match, like Liverpool did concede five goals as well. Like mm-hmm. they were fairly routinely beat, but Man City, I feel like now have kind of gone under the radar despite mm-hmm. this very good performance. Especially for the first goal, I thought Kevin De Bruyne's pass for Sergio Aguero was an absolutely amazing pass. Like he completely split the defence and took out about four players from the game. Yeah, it's 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 like Man City. They're still favourites for the league, as far as I know. They're top. Yeah, are they top now or they're, just joint top? I think they're top with five goal difference. Five goals. I think they're on eight goal difference, and United are still on ten. Okay, so they're still they're still you know they're up there basically yeah. at the top of the league. But yeah, it's still early days and everything for it. Like what, what were they at you know, in terms of? The first three matches. Yeah, why like, did they were so much better they, today? Yeah, or Saturday. Saturday. Like why? Why didn't they? At the they're playing quality side, a team that actually wants to come out and play them, as opposed to maybe the Huddersfields of this world, or rather Brightons. the Brightons of this world, or the uh, Bournemouth. Bournemouth, whoever they were playing at the time, who would just sit back and absorb the pressure. The Liverpool are actually attack out to get them, and they're playing high press against yeah. them. Like I want to talk a bit about Man City because. Liverpool were not bad in the time before they conceded that first goal. No. They cut them open multiple yeah, times. Yeah, Salah had Otamendi's number. Like, you wonder why he didn't score himself. Like, yeah, there was that chance. Poor finishing. Yeah, he, like, he was known for his good finishing in Italy. He scored 19 goals, I think, last season. Yeah, like, like he, he That's was, a great number for him. He was Italian very football. prolific at Roma, but that there was one chance in particular where he just opened up his body and very clearly was trying to hit the bottom corner. And, he, and just didn't hit yeah, it straight at the keeper, hit it straight at Mignolet. Edison. But, or sorry, Ederson. <laughs> but I want to talk about a bit of the strategy of Man City. Pep put everyone on the left-hand side of Man City. Yeah, they absolutely targeted Trent under Alex. But Ander. I don't think that worked at all. I think it only worked like it clearly worked after the red card. The red card. But before the red card, they were hitting balls down there every time. And you know, the young player wasn't dealing all great with them. He gave the ball away, made a few mistakes. There was corners. There was I mean, they was called to action a few times. But on the counter, there was nothing on Man City's right-hand side to defend it. I remember watching, I want to talk about Benjamin Mendy at some point, because I do not understand the point of this player in this squad. He talks a lot behind the stage, he has jokes, he has fun, he makes yeah, fun he's of Sergio Aguero. Banter. banter, yes. But in the match, he is slow, he's laboured, he's not created much yet that I've seen. He's out on the left-hand side, bottling up Kevin De Bruyne, who has that role. He is yeah. on the left-hand side as well. Uh, a few times on the way back, he was suspect for the challenge for the chance you talk about with um, Mo Salah having yeah. a chance. The closest player, Odomendi was nowhere near him. The closest player to him was Benjamin Mendy, who came across him. Yeah, because it was a double attack. That's how it happened. Like I don't know why he's in that squad. I think like was he? I thought I was under the impression he's more of a deep line playmaker than 
Well, well he, correct me if I'm wrong here. Like at at Monaco, he was very good at like overlapping with the the left midfielder, whoever it was. It would have been Lamar, most likely, and uh, he also had a good relationship with Bernardo Silva, I think, or maybe that was. I think it was him that he had had the good relationship with yeah. Bernardo Silva, and he was good for drilling in low crosses. Yeah, from out wide. Which yeah. I think is something that Man City but he's do looking, quite a lot of. Like we're talking about a David Alaba type player here, a player who can come out from fullback and actually become part of the attack. Yeah, like he he was instrumental in the fourth goal. Yes, by the time the fourth goal, yeah, I, I, and the game was dead at that point. Yeah, so it's I'm not saying really, it's, this is like my post second when they got to the second half and they were two 0 up against. Yeah, it was 10 a completely men, different game. Alex Oxlade Chamberlain was playing in the match. The match was over. Yeah, I'm talking about in the first 38 or so minutes when Liverpool were carving Man City open on both sides, I just say that side because they're on the left and like the most solid chance was from the left. They had multiple other chances coming from the left as well. Yeah. Or from Le- Manchester City's left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liverpool's right-hand side. Like, Sa- like Salah had one really good opportunity, but he was making other opportunities for himself. He was. And they yeah. were, he, was pl- he played in a really good ball for Firmino as well, mm. and Firmino couldn't quite control it back to Mane. There was a few, like all three of the attackers, uh, Mane, Firmino and Salah, all had great opportunities yeah, for you, chances. You wonder if Mane hadn't done what he had done, like how long it would have taken Man- or Liverpool to yeah, score. I think the match was still open at that point. Yeah, definitely. They, like Man City had scored, but Liverpool were the team on the attack at that point yeah. and it had been before. It was against the run of play, really. It was a ball to nothing. Was it Fernandinho wins a header? Yeah, I think so. Knocks it down, and then it's just an absolute, just a peach of a true ball that like no Liverpool player is yeah, fast yeah, yeah. enough to get near. That's a, that's the detriment of Liverpool defence. Where again, we're looking at players who are teams who cannot defend well at yeah. all. Neither of these teams put any. No, they can't. And these like, are. It's been an issue for years yeah. as well. It's it's just a it's a funny thing, and I don't get. Yeah, you know, maybe it's a case of like he's only played two matches now. Maybe we'll see more. Like, uh, yeah, he has to the, grow accustomed to it. Yeah. I just noticed he's very slow, laboured, was getting in the way of his teammates. He's not long back after an injury as well. Yeah. so maybe that'll be perhaps. A, a perhaps yeah, when Man City actually click, it might be yeah, a different story. They, think, won, they haven't clicked and they won five nil at Anfield. Yeah, or Etihad. at the Etihad. You know, maybe maybe I'm reading a bit too much into it. Yeah. That I, like I Major s- Medi hasn't clicked yet, and I'm I also writing it was, off already. It was kind of interesting that Aguero passed that ball to Jesus for the mm-hmm. second or third goal. I can't remember which. Yeah, and they made a point to go over with each other. It's like, yeah, I I don't think that Aguero and Jesus don't get on. I I, never I, I don't think it's a I don't all. think it's a personal thing, but no. professionally, I don't think they quite gel no. that well on the pitch. Like, like I think one should be playing and another should be coming on and they should be rotating the two. Yeah, but the, neither player is a player that wants to be on the pitch. Exactly. It's a it's a difficult situation and, for Pep. Uh, yeah. And, you know... Like, they didn't have Sterling this weekend, so you can't really say about this match in particular. I think going forward, it should be a case of playing Sané and Sterling out wide with one of the uh, two strikers up front. But I don't think he's going to do that at all. Like, that was when they played at their best last season. It, like, it was, like, yeah. uh, But the, he's bought all these Monaco players. He has to fit them into yeah, the team. Yeah, we haven't seen like much of Bernardo Silva at all. No, not at all. Maybe he's still adapting. Um, yeah, and maybe he could have played out outright instead of Sterling on Saturday. True, but like I don't think he's a player. It depends on how man, like I am. I get the impression that Pep is closing in on himself at the moment. That he's going to play a very narrow midfield, and he's going to rely heavily on his fullbacks. He's invested heavily in Kyle Walker, and he's invested heavily in Dan Danilo and Benjamin Mendy. He wants these players in there. If he's playing wide forwards who are trying to send crosses into small strikers, which Aguero and Jesus yeah. are, 
there's no point in that. They need to draw them back in to cut them inside if they're playing that type of wing formation, the classical Dutch system. Yeah. I don't think he's going to do that. I think he's going to play very narrow, a solid centre midfield and solid strike force. And I think that's he might be able to fit both Aguero and Jesus into the team if he does that. Yeah. I don't think he's going to because I think he's going to play De Bruyne and then one of... Yeah, like, you have to play De Bruyne in that team. You do, because he's their best player. And, and David Silva as well. That's like. the thing. It's going to be one of David Silva or Bernardo, Bernardo Silva or Sterling or Sané is going to be in that attack. Yeah, like, it's going to be very... Like, they're going to have a lot of games this season, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's still going to be very hard to find a place for, like, a system and a place for all of these players. Yeah. It's... And that could actually be like their disadvantage come April or May, come the business end of the season, when they need to be knocking out one nil wins or two nil wins yeah. to grind through the the title. Yeah. Well, this Pep, if Pep doesn't win the title this year, I don't see him staying in the longer term. It depends, I suppose, how close to the title and how well, Mourinho, how good the Champions League performance. I'll put it went. this way: if Mourinho wins the league this year, I do not, I do not see Pep being in England next year, this season. Perhaps. I'll predict it now, but that's just how I feel about it. It's bold prediction. You City, the champ, City are playing in midweek this week as yeah. well. They're playing against as uh, Feyenoord. Feyenoord away in the Dutch Champions. Feyenoord. Yeah. You probably expect a that's plays right into Pep's system. You know, yeah, yeah. These broad, yeah. yeah, broad Dutch <laughs> managers. And Liverpool have a chance to rebound immediately against Sevilla, which isn't the easiest. Is that match. home or away? It's at Anfield, so at least they have that. Yeah, you always kind of think of. Night. You know, Anfield during a Champions League match is it's, very, uh, it's one of the most difficult places to be. Yeah, in, in it's an football. impressive atmosphere. But they'll have Manning for this match at least, because like, he, well, what type of psychological state? If you saw him on Saturday, yeah, he he collapsed I, to the ground and just in shock, and he had to be helped off. Yeah, after a few minutes, like, and he kicked the he kicked one of the stretcher bearers' gear. Yeah. But I think that wasn't there's was no malice in that either. I think he it was, was complete more shock. A frustration at yeah. himself, perhaps. He was in complete shock. He wasn't there at all. He wasn't present in his mind. No. But um, like in the upcoming Premier League fixtures, like it'll be interesting to see how they cope without him because he like it really he's showed, main goal scoring threat. Like, yeah, he is. Yeah. And he's like their main creative threat as well. Yeah. Like he's the one that's creating and and scoring. Declan, it's okay. They have Alex Alex Oxley Chamberlain <laughs> now. You know, he'll solve everything from a centre midfield role that he'll play out the wing. You know, that's <laughs> I saw, why he was signed. I saw a great analysis of Axley Chamberlain actually uh, by, I think it was Michael Cox, mm-hmm. uh, where he was like, there, and this is a, a problem with certain English players as well. Like, it's not just limited to him, that he plays more like a rugby player. Like, he runs forward with the ball. He's very good at running forward with the ball, but he can only pass it backwards. <laughs> and I thought that was... Like, he hasn't yet mastered that. Yeah technique yet it's a it's an interesting one I've been I'm like I, I'm very keen to kind of watch him again for a full 90 minutes to see just see, how does often, he just run like a bull yeah how often does he actually pass backwards mm. an interesting an interesting match all in all and you know huge talking points about physicality and football yeah. coming out of it Man City 5 Liverpool nil is still quite something yeah like if you'd said before the match oh there'll be 5 goals in this match you'd probably think a close 3-2 yeah, affair as opposed to just nil. a 5-0 thrashing the league is throwing up some weird results already. Like, yeah. In isolation, if you were to take Man United or if you were to take Arsenal lo- losing 4-0. 4-0 to Liverpool and then Liverpool immediately losing 5-0 to yeah. Man City. Sure, I look forward to Arsenal beating Chelsea 6-0 this yeah. weekend. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be an interesting tie, I'm sure. The other team at the top of the league... For the team in Manchester. The other team in Manchester as well. Manchester United. They are 100% record. The only 100% record left in the Premier League... It's over. It's dashed. Taken away from them by the mighty Stoke, 
who we both predicted to go down this season. Yeah, I think we were. I think we've yeah, I think posted we... a curse on Mark Hughes and Stoke that they're going to get to the Champions League now. Yeah, reverse that, curse. Yeah, because so far. All of his signings have gelled and worked yeah, out. Yeah, they, uh, they've just kind of low-key had a fantastic summer. Yeah, and like Peter Crouch is still there, you know. He's yeah. still, he's still not. I saw around. him shaking hands with Mourinho after the match. It was quite funny, the height difference. Yeah, Mourinho's a small man. So, United, Lukaku still scored. Yeah, Mkhitaryan still half-assisted, I guess. Yeah, he played very well again. And the United attacking unit seemed to work quite well. But again, yeah. this is stuff of last season where they get ahead and they can't close off a match yeah it, they was, let it was uncharacteristically poor defending by Eric Bailly who has up to now been match. he'd been very good mm. up to now but then on Saturday he just I think that's the worst performance I've seen from him Shakiri just did you see when Shakiri did do, like he did one turn another turn yeah and then eventually and then Bailly he, just tore into him yeah and it was just like you're getting frustrated and that was on the edge of the box yeah like, if Bailly wasn't thinking it could have given away a penalty yeah and, and even, been... even Phil Jones, who, while inconsistently wow. has been he's consistently been injured over the years, under Mourinho, he has been playing much better than under the previous regimes. He, again, was just very poor on Saturday. And what do you think about Victor Lindelof then, the person Phil Jones came in for? Not even, he's not, not even... fit enough for the bench, according to Mourinho. Yeah. Not fit enough. He, he might have to play on Tuesday against Basel because well, Eric Bailly and Phil Jones are both suspended. He will. But this comes back to... Do you remember Luke, Luke Shaw? Not fit enough to play it's for this, It's similar after Henry Mkhitaryan as well. As last well, season. yeah. That he, maybe Mourinho's looking for scapegoats in the squad. That like yeah, these big like, signings, they're not good enough for me. They're not I, the players I, was, I wanted. I was confused why they signed Victor Lindelof because like they have an abundance of centre-backs like Marcus Rojo's out for Christmas but when he comes back they'd still yeah. have him Chris Smalling and the two to play on Saturday I think the anticipation was that they were going to sell one of Phil Jones or Chris Smalling yeah I thought they would sell Chris Smalling mm-hmm. but in, I it never materialised yeah. no offers materialised I don't think I think there were maybe a few but they were very low in comparison to the valuation that United would have of Smalling yeah which would be he, they spent a lot of money on him when he was a teenager was yeah I think they'd expect ever, like 20 million or something at least that in this Market anyway. Yeah, in this market. So with that as well, it was a two-all draw. Stokes, I'm going to try this name, Eric Maxim Chubomoting. Yeah, scored two goals, which is you know, yeah, two well-taken goals. Yeah, as well. as well. And he was you know, well, Phil Jones wasn't anywhere as you said for the second goal. Yeah, he just kind of fell over himself. It's weird. And Mourinho complained that without Marion Fellaini, his team were nothing. Yeah, he's a calf injury, I think. But he was he had eight six foot plus players in the outfield. Yeah, you would that think match. that Nemanja Matic or Ander Herrera would be able to take on the physicality of Stoke. Well, Lukaku was up front. Lukaku's famously one of the most physical they players They scored in the from league. a corner as well, yeah. just to show. And this is actually another thing that's kind of anecdotally, like it's maybe not anecdotally, but it's kind of tangentially to the conversation. But mm-hmm. last season, United scored an incredibly low amount of goals from set pieces. This mm-hmm. season, they scored from at least one goal in a set piece that's each a- match to the Mourinho effect he's changing the way they're it's, playing it's bizarre they've gone from being absolutely atrocious at corners to actually looking like they might score from corners among other things Mourinho complained that he was the only United were the only team who tried to win that match yeah. to which Mark Hughes got very angry about among other things Mark Hughes gets angry yeah. about saying that his team actually passed the ball around and United played more long balls statistically played more long balls in the match and were trying to play direct football 
Mark Hughes said there's nothing wrong with that. They have the players. Yeah, first. I thought that both teams kind of played it like they played the ball on the ground more so. Than I, like I didn't think either well, there, team were playing more long balls in that match than there was in many of the others, excluding West Brom this weekend. <laughs> this was the kind of game they both had strong physical players up front. I think Man City ended up playing a lot of ball, long balls. I, I I can't remember the numbers now, but I remember hearing that they as They're, just a tactic to kind of just completely it bypasses bypass the, the midfield. Press, yeah. That that is a tactic at times, but I do not think Mourinho is trying to. I'm being tactical in this, and I'm going to yeah. I he was sending balls forward from the back, bypassing. But I didn't think like it, it wasn't anything like Ireland against Georgia or anything. I thought it was more of a case of maybe like a lot of those happened in the last ten minutes as well. I found like. Yeah. I, I perhaps did. perhaps you're right, but I just when Mourinho starts playing long balls, yeah, it is, complaining about the other team playing long balls. Yeah, I, I don't believe Mourinho it for a second is, yeah. that it's it's this is just something. This is just a last ditch. Like attempt. there were, there were a lot of crosses in the last ten minutes as well when they were trying remember, to Remember how many crosses were there in David eighty-two Moyes played eighty-two. Do you remember crosses aren't everything? You have to think about yeah. that. So United and Stoke a two-two draw. Doesn't you know Stoke are pretty happy with that? Yeah, like United still haven't beaten Stoke since Ferguson retired, but I don't know. Stoke are still like a, a quite a good side. Mm. It's not like they've lost to whoever has come last in each away match every season. That'd be much worse. Like they'll get there. Don't worry. Yeah, they, they'll, they'll get there. Speaking of teams finishing last, <laughs> Chelsea beat Leicester two one. Chelsea are back, baby. The two last champions playing against yeah. each other. It was not. Very much of a match, really. It was very comfortable. Yeah, I thought like Chelsea were just very controlled. They brought in their new players. They're kind of gelling slowly. They played. It's a case of as opposed to what Man City do. Man City are playing a very expansive, expansive, but they're also changing the game as they're playing it. Like as we said earlier, when in the first half, Liverpool, all the play was on their right hand side with the young player. Trent Alexander-Arnold. Trent Alexander-Arnold. Really long name. Having to deal with Benjamin Mendy, Kevin De Bruyne, Aguero coming over, Gabriel Jesus coming over, players midfield coming over, all trying to apply pressure on the left-hand yeah. side. Chelsea, on the other hand, are just compact, as flat as you want in the world. Yeah. They play everyone flat as anything and then move gradually up the field like blocks of Lego being built. Yeah. And then they try and pounce and win either at set pieces or, you know, well-worked goals. There. We're still waiting to kind of get that creative centre back. Like Eden Hazard did come yeah. on in that match, but they need a bit of creative oomph to try and push them through, which I think will come back soon with Eden Hazard and everything else. They're probably yeah, lacking something on the other side. Couple, the next couple of weeks, he'll probably reach full fitness again. But Leicester again could not cope with one of the top teams. Like yeah, they were very poor against Man United a couple of weeks ago. They, they performed better this time. They kept it tighter. They got the goal yeah. back. And like. I wouldn't say that they played poorly against Arsenal. It was just no. a case of they were defensively just completely meek. Yeah. And, like, Wes Morgan, interesting tactical analysis in, you know, in his... When he was talking about the difference of playing Chelsea this season to last season, saying that Morata was way cuter than... Costa. Costa, in that Morata wouldn't come near him. Morata would walk away... Yeah. ...and kind of, kind of create space on his own yeah, and draw the, players Yeah, they're kind out. of the antithesis of... Each other like yeah. Costa lives for the fight with the defender. He yeah. loves getting stuck in and taking on someone like yeah. Wes Morgan and distracting whereas, them from playing, yeah. creating space for the players that way, trying way. to get in their head. Whereas Brada is, so I, I, I don't really want to say intelligent 
more intelligent because I think what Costas does is intelligent, yes, yes. but he kind of he's more he's more of a football brain mm-hmm. kind of in the way that he's like, oh, if I do this and this reaction will happen yeah. for the whole team as opposed to just this one player. And he's still scoring as well. Yeah, another goal to add to the collection this week. Chelsea probably let a lot of the kids out, and Eden Hazard probably has a good chance of playing a full match. Yeah, against they play Carabag. First time they've been in the Champions League, I think. I would remember a name like Carabag. True, yeah. So I think I think it is. I think they're impressive enough in getting to the group yeah, stages yeah. and fair play to them. But I think Chelsea are going to have this, yeah. even if they put out a few of their kids that whichever left. I don't think yeah. there's many left from the fifty-two or. But one thing, the academy. one thing I noticed while watching Stoke to kind of go back there for one yeah. second because it will tie back into Chelsea. Yeah is uh, Kurt Zuma was fantastic against Manchester United. Yeah. He he took on Lukaku and he like Lukaku did score but he kept yeah. quiet kept Lukaku quiet at times as well. Yeah. Kurt like, Zuma has pace, he has strength. Yeah, he has power. He has everything that is required. And he can play with the ball. Yeah, of a modern footballer. Like I don't know what's happened to him at Chelsea. Why why did Chelsea sign Antonio Rudiger when they have Kurt Zuma? Rudiger's a different player to Zuma as well. No, it's, but like He's taking up a spot on the team. He is. It's as if they took Christensen back and they signed Rudiger. Yeah. Christensen is... Like, Rudiger is a very footballer-centric football defender. defender. Yeah, he's more of a, like, maybe 1990s kind of defender in that sense. Like, he's not... He's not about, like, the modern football played out from the back. He's more of just, like, here's my position, there's the player... And I'm going to keep them quiet for the match. Yeah. While Zuma is an all-everything modern footballer athlete. Yeah. And th- I don't know why that didn't mesh with, you know, someone who used to have Giorgio Chiellini and yeah. Benucci, very similar to Zuma in their team, and he wouldn't he wouldn't keep him around just to have him. Cause they're, they're yeah, like he could even have just played in this match to try yeah. to give him a chance to impress. Yeah. But I don't know. I think there's something afoot there. I think he'll be for sale if at all possible. I know he signed. And he'd be a great signing for even someone like Tottenham or, he's proven, or Arsenal. Yeah, he's proven it already. He's already yeah, shown like up he, against he was, Arsenal. He was very good. He, like he was very unfortunate with his with his injury. Like it was yeah. a pure fluke. Oh, it was of, a uh, terrible injury. Like yeah, yeah, and it kept him out for ages. And like I think maybe Chelsea might have a concern that's affected him even now. But, but look but, how well he's playing. Yeah, for based Stoke. on the evidence. Yeah, he was fantastic. Like I, he was the best player on the pitch for me. Yeah. Like Jack Butler made a few saves, but I think Kurt Zuma made more game-saving tackles. To be yeah, honest, that was the thing. Just an interesting tactical thing I heard about the Stoke Man United match. Just to go back to it as well, since we're already segueing into it. That Charlie Adam. Uh, yeah, they had a, a weakness was identified. They identified by a Mark weakness Hughes. in the Man United team, which was just Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba likes the ball, yeah. and he likes being the center of attention, and he so likes to drift away from Matic. Yeah, so all you have to do is go around Paul Pogba and you have com- complete access to the Manchester United defence. Yeah. And I think that was an interesting one for going forward that maybe Maddich isn't the imp- impenetrable fortress yeah. that Man United wants. I think maybe Ander Herrera will start to play more again now because I think he's the kind of midfielder that like, there's a huge difference between him and Mata in a defensive sense. What was the point in signing Paul Pogba? Well, Paul Pogba is the creative outlet for the team. But he, is he? I think gen- like last season like it's not Mkhitaryan like there was, there was a huge difference between like you, if you remember the that awful Manchester derby last season where at the Etihad yeah which was horrific yeah it was, it Paul was... Pogba wasn't in that team and there was a huge difference between when he was in the team and when he wasn't hmm. like Paul Pogba is 
an important player for Manchester United. Like I think he. I just don't know what he brings to the side. Like, correct me if I'm wrong out there, listeners. But I, I don't. It's not something. I didn't see it at Juventus. I always thought it was just a talented kid who can run all day, and he's there at Pirlo, and Pirlo will make him better. And then Pirlo left, and we gave him the number ten shirt. And Pogba scoring these wonder goals, but then he's doing nothing in the rest of the matches he's playing in. That's the kind of thing. Like Juventus got rid of him, they were happy to see the back of him. They're happy. They were delighted to get hundred million for him. Well, hundred million is also like a nice amount of money to get as well. No, it is, but they were delighted. Like that's what I mean. They were happy enough to get it, and then they bought like six players with that money. Well, they Higuain. bought Gan- Higuain mostly, but they also reinvested the following season, yeah. having sold other players. Yeah, you know that it's. It's a weird, like, Paul Pogba went to Man United, went to Stoke to play, and Higuain went to the Champions League final with Juventus. That was the difference. Well, we'll see how. Uh, you well, had to do the Champions League this weekend, Basel yeah. on Tuesday. We'll see, yeah, which I imagine is going to be an easy home win for Man United. Yeah, they, they've had got, they've got a poor record against Basel, mm-hmm. but I think that was a different time. Swiss champions, of course, we can't underrate the Yeah, and the, they do the have a good record against League. English teams in general. Yeah, they've done well Like, before. they even beat Mourinho's Chelsea. Yeah, not that long ago, Mo Salah, the the big player. There's in that always match. like good players, usually yeah. Egyptian or someone, because that's where Mohamed El Neni came from. Uh, I think Granit Xhaka and Granit Xhaka's brother both are at Basel. Yeah, or well, Xhaka used to be, and I think his brother is still. Um, what the former Ricky Van Wolfswinkel is, oh, is there now? Oh, has he come back? He's there, at Basel. Yeah, what a great Chelsea player! Was he at Chelsea? Wasn't he a Chelsea player? I remember him at Norwich. Oh, he was. I'm thinking of another player. Marco Marin, maybe? Maybe, maybe. Anyway, speaking of Champions League teams, Spurs and, you know, featuring Harry Kane. Have goal-scoring. Goal-scoring Harry Kane. Have gone back to winning ways after their Wembley sojourns. Yes. Everton, again, have been appalling. Yeah, against another top six opponent. Not even coming close to scoring. Yeah. Being pinned back. Like, I noticed Harry Kane undid his curse. Well, he he's, or he's the curse has been cur- yeah he's like, confirmed it. I suppose. He's confirmed it. Like he could not score, he couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo in August, and then no. he comes on. And he has even September first against for England, they played Malta on September first, and he scored in that yeah. match. It's fully like that, but like even this match, he just took a pot shot from outside the box, and it yeah. goes into the top corner. It was more of a cross, really. Well, yeah, it was more of a weird. I don't think he knew what he was doing. He probably no, he, he admitted on match of the day afterwards to Gary Lineker that it was an accident. Yeah, he, he didn't mean to score. Ball. He didn't mean to score. But he goes and he gets two goals and then helps Eriksson score a third. Yeah, and Eriksson was fantastic. I think he oh, has yeah. been probably one of the best players this season so far. Oh, easily. He's, he's completely driving that team forward. Mm. And he's, then, he's creating everything. He looks at threat anytime he's on the ball. His passing is excellent yeah. all the time. He's not making mistakes. His set-piece delivery, I don't think anyone's better than at the moment. Yeah, he's league. even scoring set-pieces now. Yeah. He scored for Denmark. He's back to scoring ways after years without scoring. From yeah. Football. You know, it's weird, but like, Everton are the bigger worry here. They were, you yeah. know, at the beginning of the season, they started so well. They were impressive. All their new signings. They even got that 1 1 draw against Man City, which was considered impressive at the time. Yeah, and they played well in these matches and they're, they're still bringing through youth. And then it, it stalls at Chelsea. And yeah. They can't do anything. And then it gets worse against Spurs. Two, three nil defeats, isn't it? Yeah, it's just very bad. And they play, uh, they play Manchester United on Sunday. It's not with a good. Uh, a trip to Atalanta. In between, in between yeah. which yeah. isn't a nice trip either because no. Atlanta is still a good side. Yeah, they've it? sold a few of their players, but they're still a quality side. Yeah. And I don't know what Everton are doing. The whole, who, the whole like terrible black cloud that's hanging over Wayne Rooney at the moment. So who knows yeah. what will 
what that will come to and it seems that Everton have just hit some kind of metaphoric wall and are dropping down like I'm not sure what they're what they're really at yeah it just seems like Coleman went to go sign a striker on deadline day and he couldn't get one like the team completely lacks pace yeah and for a team that lacks pace when they're playing a lot of games and they're like they're going to be even slower from tiredness and fatigue yeah. and it's the fact that it's kind of getting them already like it feels like well, Leighton Baines team looks selection ancient now like and you you know he's yeah. still playing and and like they are missing Coleman they are and it's it's a struggle because he was someone that was an outlet yeah at the moment, and he gave them width he did as well because at the moment they're playing out from the back but they're not getting anywhere because yeah. they're the two teams they played Spurs and Chelsea do apply a bit of a press to them so they like in both matches they played out from the back and then immediately the the, the offensive player was yeah. Morata or was Kane was on the, top of the defenders on top of them and just they're having to pass it inwards then and there's young kids getting the ball and they don't know what to do with it and then forward maybe to Wayne Rooney running aimlessly and he was no yeah. one in front of him then because everyone's still back defending loses the ball and a ping pong's back to the yeah. defence and then you saw the Kane goal came from something just like that yeah I thought Pickford kind of had a, an unusually poor match as well like the first he's goal he's a young keeper he's not he gonna, is yeah but like that first goal like obviously you don't expect the ball to fly yeah. in that kind of direction but you still need to be able to say something like that just be aware that something might happen and the second goal as well like it was nice interplay by Tottenham and he did well to make one save but the way he made the save it just put it right on Eriksson's feet yeah sometimes you have to try and get the ball away from the goal at all costs yeah. and not, not knock it like back this even. is something he'll probably improve upon with experience but it's still for Everton at the moment it's it's not something they need on top of like to compound their issues yeah and to think like Stoke are just high flying and Everton are just you know yeah. losing matches after matches against these teams speaking of teams who lose a lot of matches Arsenal <laughs> at long last back to winning ways yeah. against a team with the at win- home as well I think home. that's a very important thing like it, I think it could become a thing now a pattern where Arsenal just play better at home like they like I remember after the Leicester match, I was actually quite impressed with how well they attacked mm. and the the link up play between Lacazette, Ozil, Ozil, well Ozil didn't play against Leicester, but on Welbeck, yeah, was fantastic, and they looked like they could just run through uh, the middle of the pitch, yeah, and they they did that for the they did that for um, uh, at one point against Bournemouth, but unfortunately whoever the referee was didn't allow advantage for whatever reason, yeah, but uh, they completely just pass their way through they swarmed it wasn't even like say the we were talking about Manchester United a few weeks ago and how they just run through the yeah. middle like they pass their way through the middle yeah. which is a very different thing and it's even harder to defend yeah you see Arsenal as they say Arsenal on their day are an offensive yeah. match for anybody but they're defensively still aren't great but Arsenal were comfortable they didn't really have to do much to win that no. match Bournemouth are probably the bigger talking point from that match this is now four consecutive losses. Yeah, although to be fair, they, they've lost um, the Man City and Arsenal in two of those. They have, but that, at no point, like Man City, maybe they showed a bit more guile and they scored goals. Yeah, they were close. unfortunate not to, they were to get a point. In this match, they showed nothing. There was infighting and there was a lot of arguing on the pitch. Now, some players, some pundits would like you think, like, oh, it's good, we see fight, you know, they care. Yeah. But like they were arguing. Passion. Exactly. They're arguing on the field and it's not looking good and. Eddie Howe was on the side screaming at them he was either screaming at them or he was sitting down in the dugout not yeah. looking like like he knew what to do he made changes they didn't help he did have injuries during the match but like they created very little against a team that was weak in Arsenal that had injuries of its own that for the last was it 12 minutes played with 10 men due to an injury yeah Arsenal, although yeah 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 Cochrane had to go off 
injured and they but they created nothing. They had an extra man and they like yeah. the man that Arsenal lost was a defensive midfielder. Like Messi also playing defensive midfield. It's it is not what you want, but no. that, you know that's what they had to play against, and <coughs> yet they were comfortable. It's a, it's a strange Bournemouth. They're a bit of a worry. Yeah, like I'll second season. Their next match is against third season. It's third season already. Yeah. Third season syndrome maybe hitting them at yeah. last. Like it's catching up with them. That like their signings have not gone well since they've been in the Premier League. No, like I would have thought that Nathan Ake would bring more solidity and Begovic to the defense, but he was it's cut just... out for the goal. And yeah, they, I can't blame Begovic. Like he did something I haven't seen the football pitch in a very long time. He, Saving a ball from Danny Welbeck, I believe it was he managed to burst it entirely. Oh yeah, out that of was sheer weird. anger because he was so cross to the, yeah. the players like, and are all around him. And Nathan Ake, one of them, Ake did not have a good match. That no, but like, wait, who have they signed in the Premier League they era? Signed Defoe as well. This, Defoe this just summer. barely had a Jordan Ibe. Jordan Ibe was complete disaster. Fifteen million, like that's a lot of it's money. N- it's nothing now, and this yeah, it isn't. But last summer it was. It was, yeah, and it's complete disaster for the club. Like yeah. they're they've still like they don't really they don't have an identity at the moment they're all looking to the manager and he's not yeah it's not helping them they're not passing well they're not playing a long ball game they're not defending well unless they get sort themselves out soon they're yeah, going to they're, be in that relegation get, battle they have a Friday night match coming up this week at, which is it's already odd. a six pointer it's yeah, against Brighton, Brighton who That's got their first win this weekend who are back you know they're already ahead of they're already three points off Brighton yeah. it's not a good place to be no Brighton are most likely going to go down it's not it's not good Speaking of teams who've also lost a lot of matches this season, <laughs> shared at the foot of the table without scoring a goal this season. Well, if you include the League Cup, they have scored against it. Yeah, they haven't scored in the Premier League. Haven't scored against in the Premier League. The fast, the vibrant, the exciting Ajax-driven Crystal Palace lost to Burnley. Very unluckily, they they did you know pepper yeah. the goal, but that defeat has ended the shortest reign. In, a in new Premier League history? In, I think in the Premier League history. For a permanent manager, I think. For a permanent manager. Different managers have started. But from the start of the season to now, yeah. four matches. Like sometimes they play, in certain seasons, they play four matches in two weeks. Yeah. At the beginning of the season, they play midweek fixtures. If yeah, they, they used to. to do that even just a few years ago. Yeah. Like this, he could have been sacked in August. Yeah. Like there's only the first week of September still. And Frank de Boer, the famed Dutch le- legend master, whatever you want to call him, he's won everything yeah, basically. I've, um, Barcelona legend, Ajax legend, you know. Even as a manager, he was very successful at Ajax. At Ajax, but he's had what fifty-seven days or something at Inter. Seventy-seven or eight, eighty something days. Yeah, very Inter. short reigns at Inter and at. Crystal and then it was Palace. seventy-seven days at Crystal Palace. But Steve Parrish, like the very funny interview has been risen today of Steve Parrish when he announced Frank de Boer as yeah. manager back in the summer, saying that you know. Crystal Palace fans they're not really engaged they don't care what type of football we play meanwhile they've signed an, they've signed an auteur manager who all he cares about is how the football is played he doesn't yeah, care it's about the results like, what happens to someone like Riedewald now who knows what happens to half that team yeah like, like not... half that team was brought in by De Boer this summer to try and play this new type of passing football which after four games, maybe if a few chances went in, would have yielded yeah, results. Yeah, like there was the chance that like a clip of this kind of went viral after the match of Scott Dan Scott in the Dan 88th minute playing striker. Yeah, and he missed the easiest chance he could ask for. Like that's just because he's are, a are defender asking? playing up front. He is, yeah, but it's just, it just feels like at this point the players are just contriving to get the manager side. Maybe like uh, like I not intentionally. But I don't think he'd lost the dressing room. Like there was a lot of No, it seemed like the, there was just a complete and utter breakdown in, in the relationship between 
De Boer and Steve Parrish. Yeah, Steve Parrish is. It's a bad sign when your boss is tweeting bad things about what. Yeah, your and job I think it, it kind of reflects poorly more on Parrish than oh, it yeah. does on De Boer. I it's think, as if he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, it real, especially when he brings in someone like Roy Hodgson, seventy-year-old Roy Hodgson. Like I couldn't believe he was seventy years old. Like yeah, and who's who? In fairness, he's been around the block. He's managed England. He's managed, but like, is that an impressive achievement now? Though, well, like, he got them to tournaments. Saying that they didn't perform very well at those tournaments. No, they didn't. And that's the key thing as an Iceland. England manager. Yeah, so maybe. Like, you look at that Iceland defeat, it's probably the most embarrassing defeat England have had, even thinking back to when Steve McLaren was manager. Yeah, it's going back a long time to get a more embarrassing defeat than that Iceland loss in yeah. the Euros. It's, you know, I wouldn't have hired Roy, Roy Hodgson if I was I in I would have just position. kept a bore. Well, yeah, but if you... Like, ha- it's the risk you take is a, when you bring in this kind of manager, you have to stick with him. But this is the same man that... He has previously got rid of managers when Ian Holloway, I remember, he got rid of very early in the yeah. Premier League season and he brought in Tony Pulis, Tony Pulis who steadied the ship immediately. When Tony Pulis left, he got in Alan Pardew nearly immediately. He has a... There is a thing about him losing managers earlier in the season, yeah. hiring someone to steady the ship. Did it last year with Sam Allardyce as well. Yeah, and then Sam Allardyce retired. Like That's the thing. Like Sam Allardyce retired from, interna- er, from club football. Mm-hmm. Like... If that like that happened all of a sudden, I don't think he even anticipated doing it himself. Like, what wh- what was Stephen Parrish's plan then? He didn't seem to have one. No, he, he seems to... to be like just he's not thinking about the club at all. Yeah, it's like he has football people who make football decisions for him, and then he just without any kind of knowledge or any kind of know how or experience seems to overrule these football people. Yeah, and make his own decision. Yeah based on maybe what he's hearing from fans maybe who don't like the way the team is losing or the way they're playing or the money that's been spent yeah or he's just absolutely terrified of getting relegated from Premier League and losing out on that huge cash cap yeah like that is, it's become the thing now where survival is the utmost important thing in the Premier League and yeah. everything after that is secondary well even we look at the transfers that have gone through and there's huge transfers like Matt, Crystal Palace probably spent on 100 million this summer uh, uh, they've spent thirty million on Christian Benteke last summer. Yeah, but the Mamadou Sakho cost something similar. Twenty six million this summer. Similar, all the players you mentioned earlier. Rival was about ten or twelve. Yeah, like, like these add up, but like they're still in pale in comparison to the amount of money Crystal Palace are receiving. Yeah, from the Premier League for the UK TV rights alone, let alone external ones, let alone sponsorship, everything else. That stadium revenue, them, stadium revenue, all of that like dwarfs the amount spent on the team. Yeah, and all that adds to Steve Parish's investment he'll either make the money himself from taking dividends or taking stuff out of the yeah. club or it's adding to his investment value so when he sells the club it'll be worth even more so he is personally making gains yeah. from this without re-injecting it into the club without backing his managers like I think maybe the best thing for Palace this season would just be get relegated at this point like I know it's very early in the season <laughs> but like it's it, very harsh it's just, no but it might just be the best thing for the club because the club clearly is just so zoned in on surviving the Premier League that maybe failing to do that might make them broaden their horizon. It's always dangerous because there's always that talk when Alan Kerbyshire yeah, left Charlton famously, and then yes. dropped down immediately. And they're in League One now. Yeah, and they're like, it was much better when we were in the Premier League yeah. even if we were just fi- just about finishing and surviving every year. You know, that's the that's the reality of it. Like, they're, fans will not want to get relegated. Like, Sunderland may be the no, only club I know of in recent time where it's probably better for the club to get relegated. Maybe Aston Villa that time. Although, yeah. in both cases... Like Sunderland are just in their first season of the championship, Aston in their second. It hasn't helped either club. No. Leeds famously got relegated. They're still, well, they're just coming out of a disaster Come, now. It's taken 15 years nearly. 
But I think maybe maybe I've been a bit too uh, blunt. Maybe the, the more broader point would be that they, it would have been better to get relegated with De Boer than stay up with Hodgson. Yeah, there would be more nobility in there. Yeah, but even just as a, a long-term project, yes. like keep De Boer in the championship, develop this possession football, bring in more players that are suited to this and play. And actually grow. Then. And grow, and yeah. then come back up like Burnley with Sean Dyche. Yeah. And actually be ready for the Premier well, League. That, that's long-term thinking, and I don't think that's something yeah. Steve Parrish wants to think about. At the time recording, Salvin Bilic is still in the job at West Ham. Yeah, that we match think. is... We haven't confirmed yet. That match is uh, underway at the moment. So, you know, he could be the next one. Like, De Boer, you know, he must be happy. At least he'd be Slavin Bilic. He's first out the door. Yeah. Bilic also is a team that lost four matches in a row. and Or three matches in a row, maybe. We have, they haven't lost the yeah, fourth yeah. yet. They're still nil-nil at the time of recording. So, we can see where it goes. But De Boer, the first manager to be sacked this season. I don't. I didn't have that at the end of the season. I think I had Mark Hughes. I had, uh, this actually, uh, if you remember my previews that are up on uh, the the com. I did a, my previews for each mm-hmm. club, and my Crystal Palace one looks rather outdated <laughs> already. Like De Boer is going to win the league. I think I predicted eighth or something with De Boer. Oh, no, oh, no that's no. really bad now. 18th, maybe? Yeah, at just, this point. I'll have to edit that, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> can always go back and change. Yeah. Moving on to European football, we'll go to France first in our little dot around, dash around Europe. Yeah. PSG are clear on top of the league at last. You were watching this match closely. I'll let you talk about it. Um, I, I did miss the first half, but I, I did see clips of the first half. The second half, uh, Mets against PSG. Mm-hmm. Benoit Quato. Yeah, he... Famed porn star, Benoit Quato. <laughs> yeah, I vaguely remember hearing that story. Harry Redknapp made him a porn star even though he wasn't one. And yeah. You know, he's like, why are you calling me a porn star on like the internet and not yeah. newspapers? I'm not that at all. But uh, there was, it, PSG were actually kind of struggling to... well. Finish their chances, I suppose, more than break down Mets, who mm-hmm. are at the bottom of the legal table there, mm-hmm. considered to be relegation fodder at the moment, I believe. If you saw their uh, team sheet at the beginning, most modern uh, visual packages now show you the you know a picture of the player walking yeah. towards you. And basically, Mets squad had Benoit, Sevukatu, and then maybe two other players, and the rest of them were just blank robots <laughs> coming walking at you. It was quite terrifying. If yeah, that was that the team be, that they lined yeah. up, I think then they would have easily could have been The result could have been switched. Yeah, easily. Um, but uh, They have no players, is my point. They, yeah. are, they are relegation fodder in France. Um, but they, PSG, were still, like Cavani probably got a, had a hat-trick in the first half alone. But then in the second half, uh, Asa Okado, Tottenham legend, uh was completely unfairly sent off for a tackle where he completely just won the ball. And it's the power of a big club. Yeah, after that then, like the Mets fans were furious. They were booing everything that happened that PSG did in the match. But after that, it didn't take long for PSG to just go on a tear, score four goals in a matter of minutes. It was over before yeah. it was done. Like, and I found it worrying. Like Mbappe played. He scored. Yeah. He, But for Cavani's goal, it was the first goal. It was the one that put them in the lead initially. Yeah. Like, it was very strange watching Mbappe just standing beside yeah, Cavani it, as he scored the goal. Mbappe did not show a lethal cunning there. He could have, basically, if you didn't see it, Cavani rounded the keeper. Yeah, from I can't remember who had the incisive pass. But he rounded the keeper and then basically Mbappe's level with him. He's run, almost run into yeah. Cavani. But Mbappe was actually in an offside position oh, as well. He? he would have been flagged for offside if he touched the ball. Maybe that's so why. I Maybe he's more I, clever than I'm giving him credit for. I don't him. understand why he didn't just stop completely though because in a way it's almost... It, it's worse for Cavani to have a player beside him. 
You'd feel, Especially you'd feel that close. Like, yeah. it almost looked like he was about to fall over yeah. Mbappe. Well, he, like, jumped on him as soon yeah. as he t- kicked the ball into the net. Like, it was like Mbappe was like a dog chasing yeah. the ball. Being like, oh, I excited, want him, I want him, I want excited him. Child. That's youthful. Yeah. That's, maybe that's something lacking in football. Mbappe, later on in the match, tried to set up a, a shot, bounced back to him, and he volleyed into the top corner. He still yeah, it was a little finish. Like, I think Mbappe like, seems to be a great player. Like, yeah. He has the potential We'll, we'll see how he does in the Champions League, I think. Yeah, they're, you know... I am still a bit worried about PSG. I'm just worried about like defensively they look completely a shambles. You see Ariola and his goalkeeping. Yeah, they the were unlucky. They were fortunate not to concede a second before the red card. Yeah, like it was a terrible finish by whoever it was, albeit in a maybe difficult a- angle. Different angle, but it was given a baby made it the goalie made a horrific mistake and yeah, but their team it. their team is filled with that. They they sold some of the defensive players this summer. Uh, Blas Matuidi is gone Blas Matuidi is gone uh, Thiago like, Silva seems like he's not in the team anymore even no. though I question his abilities as well anyway but they have nobody else they have no f- very little fullback cover they've sold Serge Aurier yeah Aurier has gone to Tottenham um, it's, it's like what are they like they've built this around two players they've got Mbappe they've got Neymar those players are great but you've got nobody else and if you have nobody else Two players aren't going to win you the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, it's just such an imbalanced team, and in, in not even like the the maybe like Liverpool way under Brendan Rodgers, where it's like, oh, you'll score two, we'll score three, or yeah. whatever. It just seems like they're. I don't once know they confidence come, in that. Happening. Yeah, once once they hit a, like a big team in the Champions League, I just think they're going to steamroll them. Yeah, like they're, they're going to be playing Bayern Munich in the group stages soon. They're playing Celtic this this week. Yeah, like that's in Celtic. Like Brendan Rodgers, like that's a really like. He'll have watched a lot of PSG. Yeah, that's like it's like they're a good unit. They work mm-hmm. as a team, mm-hmm. and like it could be a very good case of is a team better than an individual? Yeah, it could. We'll have to wait and see. In other news, in France, Monaco lost their famed record. Yeah, they they got destroyed. What was the final score of that? Was it four four nil? I believe it was. Okay, I, I only heard about that today. A Siri-inspired niece. Mario Balotelli scored in that match. That's how bad Monaco were. Yeah. Although it was a penalty, so I don't know what to say. But like now, they were absolutely outplayed. It's finally caught up yeah. with them. They've lost so many players. Because they like, had actually started the league quite well. Like yeah. we talked about, of course, before the they international break. They Marseille. Like. Yeah, 6-1. Like, yeah. That, that's no fluke. Like. No. But then they just get outplayed, outfought, just... They're torn which way, this way and that. Like their defense, which has never been that great. No, through the centre backs with um, uh, Glick. Glick and their goalie, who I've also forgotten his name. Yeah. But they obviously they've lost their full backs. They've lost their core uh, offensive creativity. Yeah, they've got Falcao. They managed left. to keep Lamar, which is all of a sudden yeah. like a victory for them. But Lamar and Falcao both played a lot of football in the international. Yeah, break, they did. So they come back and they might be a bit tired. While Nice don't have that many internationals or as many. Yeah. So they were all fresh, ready to go, and they just took them apart. And now we have to say that that league is over, basically. <laughs> not yeah. to Not to. You the know. race for second will be quite interesting. Yeah, and that's basically. It'd actually be are. quite nice to see. Uh, well, nice niece, yes. Nice um, niece. But it'll be it'll be nice to see them finish second after they were unable to qualify for the Champions League this season. Yeah, like a team that has managed to do what they have done. Yeah, it felt kind of harsh that they ended up drawing someone like Napoli, who yeah. were just that much and better than they. They lost a few players. Yeah, and they weren't able to replace them, and they were. Schneider like, wasn't ready on time. Balotelli wasn't there for the second leg, I think. Yeah, and Siri was unsettled by Barcelona yeah. interest, and you know he had to be dropped because he wasn't able to play. And they lost three of the first four matches, I believe, in the league. Yeah, and then Napoli are just so good. Yeah, Napoli, I think, are one of the best teams in. They're Europe. certainly one of the best to watch. Yeah, 
we'll go straight to Italy then, since we're speaking of Napoli. Napoli kept their 100% record going. They beat Bologna 3-0. Yeah. They were just phenomenal. The past football. It's great to watch them. I keep meaning to watch more It's of like, them. if you haven't seen them, if you remember what Barcelona were like the f- with the second Champions League victory under Pep Guardiola, yeah. when Messi was playing this false nine, it's like that. They're basically just passing the ball constantly. No one takes more than a couple of touches with the ball. They offload, move it around. And watching them play from the back as well. Like whenever someone tries to press, like I'd love yeah. to see. Like I can't wait to watch them against Man City, a team that will try oh, and be very interesting. Try and press them mm-hmm. from the try press the defense because the defense is so composed. They're the so way they're able to the pass ball, yeah. the way, ball away around the press is mm-hmm. fun. it's like you watch teams like. Man City even on Saturday and how they try to bypass the press of long ball football long balls, yeah. whereas if if you watch Napoli if they play Liverpool I could just see them just passing their way around this mm-hmm. incredible press it's it's crazy how they got good so quickly like the manager just people often criticise Pep Guardiola that he took over a great team yeah. and made them better made them greater this team wasn't that great, and it no, lost. like Benitez had them in kind of a good place. But yeah, they, they were fine. They were they were a Champions League yeah. worthy team, but they weren't Barcelona with a Messi. Yeah, they were. This is Marin Hamšík. This is Carvajal. This is you know Pepe Reina and goals. Yeah. It's not these aren't the best players in the world by any stretch of the imagination, and yet now they're playing like the best team in the world. They're playing as confidently as that Barcelona were playing in two thousand eleven. Yeah, like when they were coming second under Benitez it was very much a case of well Serie A just kind of isn't at that level yeah that this is the best be. this is the best we could get from these players yeah Absolute whereas best. now Serie A looks like it's coming back into kind of it's blossoming again it's coming out of that dark age Juventus are one of the best sides in Europe the two Milans seem to be back but Napoli are still up there like they were very close to Juventus last season I still think they could win the league this season yeah it would be amazing if they did. There's two other teams in Italy with a 100% record. Juventus, obviously, we've spoken about them yeah, before. Yeah, and Paolo Dybala has been fantastic Again, since getting the number 10. Scored, came on as a sub and still scored yeah. and created goals and they won 3-0 at home. And Inter Milan, or International, whatever you want to call them, under Spalletti. Yeah, they just, completely transformed the team. Like, I knew Spalletti would, would He's do so reliant s- on two players, like, and they're very good players, but Perisic and Icardi, they're on a different level to the rest of those yeah. teams. They're just constantly. They scored both the goals again at the weekend. You know, it's it's the thing with Inter Milan coming up this season as well as they aren't in Europe, which yeah. could be uh, an advantage for them in the league. And by the time they get to, like, they weren't able to spend last summer because of financial fair play. Yeah. So by the time next summer, you would think that they would be in the Champions League. They'd be able to spend that bit more. Spalletti's never won anything. Yeah, that I is think the is thing. a block. Like he brought Roma, la- he was Roma manager last season. He brought, he brought them, them very the close to Juve, highest, highest points, total. highest points total they've ever had. But you, it was, I, in my opinion, it was never in doubt. I always thought Juventus yeah. were going to pull that out, and I feel that way again if it became between. And I kind of feel that way about Napoli just because of history. Yeah, history. Sp- if it's tells become me, Juventus, yeah. Napoli, Juventus, you would think would win that based yeah. on history. And Inter thrown in there as well. I know Inter have been more successful in the I, recent times. Yeah, I don't think Inter have the team to go the full season. Maybe Europe does become a bigger factor for the other teams, but yeah. I don't think they will this season. Yeah, and weird. I don't think AC Milan are quite there yet. Like we saw, they got hammered this week by Lazio. Yeah, and Lazio were impressive, but Lazio were, you know, they were Europa League maybe challenging for Champions League spaces. Yeah, they'll probably challenge for the Champions There's League spaces. There's four spaces this year, definitely. Yeah. So they, I, They'll challenge, but I don't think they'll get one. Yeah, but they did absolutely destroy 
Milan yeah. at the weekend, like Immobile, Immobile, Chiro, Immobile, Immobile, yeah. and they were fantastic goals of volleys, yeah, and well finished, well worked. One of them was a penalty as well, wasn't it? Yes, but like you need that. You do need that, but it was just you know one of them was a flying volley. Yeah, you know you take it, you take whatever yeah. you get. Like Milan were outplayed, they were down by a lot of goals. They had to bring on players and switch it around. Like uh, Simeone, the manager of Lazio, he has it. He had yeah. Milan in his pocket, and if they can continue that type of play against the other big time sides, maybe Lazio will compete for the top yeah. four positions. Maybe they could be kind of like a Liverpool in the case that they play better against the bigger teams. Maybe it seems that way at the moment because the record has been great against the smaller sides. Yeah. They can't seem to break them down, but the bigger teams seem to be. You know, they Simeone has enough time to yeah. work it Wasn't out. Wasn't it Lazio that won the Supercoppa against Juventus? It was, yes. Yeah. And I meant to say Inzaghi, not Simeone. It's Simone yeah, yeah. I just call him Simeone for some reason. In other European news, we'll skip over to Spain next door to Italy. Barcelona, five, Espanyol, nil. Messi Dar- hat-trick? A Messi hat-trick, and not in a Messi way. You yeah, know, yeah. Just a very composed Messi hat-trick. Um, 42 he has now in his career, which is astonishing, really. Yeah, every every everything he's done in his career has been astonishing. It, uh, yeah, basically. Dembele, the 100 million ma- man, came on, got an assist for Suarez. Suarez went for a bicycle kick and PK nodded the ball off his yeah. toe to let it in and Suarez got very angry over that. Just Barcelona were cut above. More importantly than that 5-0 win for Barcelona this weekend was that Madrid, Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid, but Real, more importantly, drew one all at home to Levante. Yeah. Levante actually taking the lead That's in that the match. second draw in a row as They've well. Dro- yeah, in you know they've dropped four points already. You know we've seen in Spain before that like four points is enough to decide the league. At yeah, this point. like they had early season draws last year as well. But I think mm. that when it happens year on year and like every, the conversation about the Champions League is coming back this week. The conversation that I've seen on the pieces like their their piece on the Independent is like who will like there's all this around the Champions League, but the one main question is who can stop Real Madrid? Well, mm-hmm. looks like half the teams in La Liga can. Yeah, that seems to be the way at the moment, and maybe there's a bit of there's a bit of oh, like burnout with this Real Madrid side. Yeah. Like they are lacking Ronaldo at the moment, but they're playing a lot of matches. There's a lot of kids in this team now. He's moved a lot of players on. Yeah, Modric turned 32 or 34. 32, yeah. 32 at the weekend. You know these players are getting on a bit. Like Bale is still complaining that he was injured last season, and maybe he should take more time out. Yeah, it seems more like he just killers. needs to wait till October maybe to. Just take the rest of this month off. Yeah, that seems to be the, you know, better for the side. And maybe, like, last season, Real were so strong in the latter half of the season that this yeah. could be their, but, their like, way they're doing You mentioned it. the fact that Ronaldo's missing. Like, he, when he's not there, really shows just how necessary, like, how much they rely on Ronaldo. Like, you look he at, scores most of their goals. Yeah, he like, scores 60% the thing of is, like, they were fantastic in the Champions League last season, but they were fantastic because look at how many goals Ronaldo scored. Yeah, he got a they against, might, they're not winning the Champions League. Yeah, they, he got five goals against Bayern Munich. He got yeah. six against Atletico. He got two against Juventus. Yeah, that's, like take out those goals, and they probably don't even beat Bayern Munich. Yeah, they're gone early on in the league. You know, it's it's funny, and it was announced today that the Clasico isn't on until December twenty third. Yeah, so that gives them time. It give, well, it gives Barcelona time to not lose that lead if they still have that yeah. lead. Come December twenty third, they're in a good position. They could be like if it's four or five points, the gap at that point. Then they could be on the verge. And of they at that point, they they have a great record in like uh, El Clasico. Like you'd expect them to beat Real Madrid just based on the fact that they always seem to get the get a get one over on them. Yeah, it's it's weird. We'll see what happens with with Spain. 
you spoke of Bayern Munich there. They lost yeah. pretty appallingly at, at Ju- Hoffenheim. Julian Nagelsmann. 30-year-old Julian Nagelsmann. Maybe that's an audition, maybe. Yeah, he, he's, he is favourite now to take over yeah. from Ancelotti. Ancelotti has apparently fallen out with Thomas Muller, who played his 400 match with Bayern Munich at the weekend. Yeah, she's 400. I know, and he's still, what, 25? He's, yeah. he's got a long time left in his career at the club, or if rumours to be believed, he'll be going somewhere else if Ancelotti stays. I, I would imagine that if it came down to Ancelotti or Muller, like, not that one Yeah, is... Rumenager has made, yeah. like, Lewandowski voiced opinions at the weekend that it wasn't good enough and they should sign more players, and the the club chairman or whatever you want to call it over the chief executive yeah. Karl-Heinz Rummenigge the former player said Lewandowski can go to Real Madrid if he wants they have more pre-season matches than yeah. other places and Lewandowski's not happy leaving like leaving that part of Europe so we'll see if he if he's still there at Christmas yeah. you know it's 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 they were just so bad they couldn't get shots they couldn't they couldn't come near it they lost yeah, by they two just... goals which is the first time in several years that they've lost by two goals yeah that's a, an astounding record as well even like even they, the fact that they haven't lost by two goals. They couldn't string things together and they were just, you know, they were just outplayed by a young Hoffenheim side who lost to Liverpool last week. Yeah, and comfortably to Liverpool as yeah. well. Yeah, you know, it's it's strange. You know, Bayern Munich are not in a good way. I know this is one match, but they're about to go into a Champions League campaign. Yeah. Like they're playing Anderlecht, I think, on Yeah, which Anderlecht did well Wednesday. last season in, Belgi- in the Belgian yeah. League. They've lost players. but Like they've still, lost probably the rest player. But they're a good unit. They're well yeah. managed. That's basically what Hoffenheim are. They don't have any stars. And they no. still managed to beat them 2-0 comfortably. That said, is there anyone else left in Germany that are any good? Like Hoffenheim, do the, I don't think they have the stamina. No, they, they don't the have the, the... Champions League, maybe, but like to get re-qualify. But, you know, the the real rivals are Leipzig, yeah. who managed to win this weekend just about. Keita scored an amazing goal and Timo Werner scored. Yeah. And Dortmund. Dortmund, who didn't win, lost their captain for probably... the could be a career ending at this yeah. point because he hadn't played before the season. And he's done his knee quite badly, Schmelzer. And Mark Bartra, who played every match so far, every minute of every match so far, and also scored a fantastic goal earlier on this yeah. season, is now out as well. So they're still missing Royce. They're lacking a core of that team. And they've replaced him with kids. They've brought in that yeah. Sancho from Man City, who was in race for the Champions League. They've brought in, you know, different players to replace Dembele, but like yeah, it seems like There's this is a season, a of, yeah, a season of transition. Peter exactly. Bosch, you know. Yeah, like I expect him to, in the long term, do well at Dortmund, but I think the season is just get back into the Champions League, don't embarrass yourselves mm. in the Champions League. Like maybe, like they're playing Tottenham on Wednesday, maybe Tottenham have them for the taking there. I know. They're playing Tottenham at Wembley. Yeah, there is the Wembley thing as you well. Know, we'll go, it's a good time to speak about the Champions League. It's back, hurrah. I yeah. don't know if anyone saw the video clip of Leo Messi playing the piano. Was like that real? Virtu- yeah. Are you uh, sure? It looked pretty real to me. I, I didn't think it did. Leo Messi his playing piano. His feet were very big. I wasn't looking at his feet. Yeah, well, Messi's this, a small that man. That was Leo Messi. Leo Messi, if, if, like, if you think he wasn't playing the piano, I don't know. He was Leo Messi was sitting at the piano playing the Champions League team music, like a virtuoso, and yeah. little flourishes. It was beautiful. Anyway, it's let's, back. Let's just... Pretend it was it's real. real. It's anyway, real in my yeah. mind, and no one can tell me otherwise. <laughs> it's real to you, damn it. Spurs are playing Dortmund at Wembley. The Wembley curse. Spurs can't win the Champions League no. match at Wembley unless they're playing the Russian side. Dortmund only managed to draw at the weekend, but they're good in the Champions League. Yeah, they have a fantastic record. They're right? a high pressing team who are still good on the ball. Yeah. There's been talk that Spurs are not doing well in Europe because basically European teams know how to stand off high pressure. Yeah. If there's any if there's a country in Europe that does high pressure well, it's Germany. 
I think Dortmund will know how to do this. And yeah. unless, you know, maybe they've lost a few players, like you said, Royce is still out, Bartra's probably out, Smelter's definitely out. They're losing players that are court the way they play. They've got a lot of kids in there that aren't maybe used to it. So maybe, maybe they don't have it. Yeah. It'll, it'll be an interesting affair. I think that maybe it's not so cut and dry in the sense that I think Tottenham do have a chance against Dortmund. Like when the draw was made initially, everyone was like, oh, well, that's Tottenham in the Europa League then. <laughs> yeah, because like, it is a tough group. Yeah, it is. But I think that it'll be closer than that. Like that Tottenham side is still a very good side. They played very well at the weekend. They were mm-hmm. able to maybe rest a few players because of the comfortable nature of their victory. Yeah. And they are at home, so like they don't have to travel, home, which is yeah. They're they don't they're in London. They're in London. Uh, yeah, that's, that's say so that matters. Um, so maybe maybe they can actually win this match. Oh, that's big talk. We'll see how that one goes. The the notable big match of the of the Champions League week of the game week is Barcelona versus Juventus. The repeat of uh, last season's quarter final and the Champions League final a few years ago. Yeah, 2015. Um, I think this match is too early in the season. Yeah. I don't think either side will show much. It's very reminiscent of when Barcelona played PSG. I think last season was it. Uh, it would have been Arsenal. Or it was the season before maybe that part yeah. in the group stages where it was both teams did not show their hand. And they were happy enough with draws. Yeah, oh, it was Real Madrid at PSG. If you, yeah, yeah. They, they drew both matches. Exactly, and that's how I feel this is going. That, like, like I think that Juventus have a better team as we saw last yeah. season. But Barcelona top the league, and they're winning matches. By Juventus multiples. are top the league. True, but their Barcelona are winning matches very impressively with players out, with losing their be- their second best player in Neymar. You, you know so to speak, yeah. with older players still being in there without making any real signings. Barcelona are still impressively top of the league. And so yeah. While Juventus are going through a bit of transition at the moment, they're bringing a lot of players Yeah, it's out. mostly defensive transition as well because like Benucci is a huge loss to them and they're yeah. trying to figure out how to Arzaghi's bring... He's like, 36 years old, Kylian yeah. is 33. Like you don't replace Benucci, which Allegri alluded to as well. Yeah. Like You can't replace a player like Benucci because he's so unique and he's so yeah. gifted. Like How do you sort out the defence after you lose a player like that? It's it's a very tough task, and yeah. he's done it before. He lost Pirlo. He re- he figured it out. He lost Vidal. Tevez. He lost Vidal. No, like Vidal came in. Oh yeah, sorry. He lost um, or Vidal. Yeah, he did no, lose they played. Vidal, yeah. yeah, they lost Pirlo I and Vidal the same season. I keep thinking he's at Juventus, for but they lost reason. Tevez before that, and he was their main striker. And they replaced him with you know Dybala yeah. and a few other players. They brought in Mandzukic at the time. Sami Khedira is there. Sami Khedira is in there now. Like he's like Allegri's a good manager. Yeah, he knows how to change things around. And he will do something. They'll probably yeah. change the way they play. They've been playing four at the back so far this season. You know, away sometimes they play three, but I think he's settled on yeah. four at the back now, and that's the part of maybe going. play Rugani. Yes, and they're you know bringing nice younger players yeah. through, and it's next generation. Yeah, which is why it's a bit of a transition for them as well. Barcelona, obviously, it's a bit more of a transition. They don't know where they're going. Yeah, they still have Messi, which still counts for a lot. Paulinho. Oh God, Paulinho! He might have his Champions League berth for them. Yeah, he's never played Champions League, has he? Uh, he wasn't in that Champions League side. I don't think under, he was at the, No, he wasn't there under Red Nap. So it must be. Yeah, it's um, interesting. The other big match, big match, will be Celtic versus PSG. Apparently. Yeah, this could be actually a really league. great match. Scott Sinclair, the Celtic winger, the, yeah. the husband or whatever of the Coronation Street star, <laughs> you know, for soap opera reasons, has said that they think they're better as a team than... Yeah, and I think as a team they definitely are. Like, I think Brendan Rodgers and... He's well drilled. Yeah, exactly. And like they are so impressive. Like the standard of the Scottish Premier League isn't exactly the highest, yeah. but they're still unbeaten. 
like it's very easy to lose a match of football just through a lack of concentration. Yeah, like so they, they have haven't had, had that. Yeah. They have a bit of intensity about them. The problem with Celtic in the Champions League is, and when they're playing this, this Scottish Premiership every week, they are the big team. Yeah, they are taking it to the smaller teams, and then they go to Europe and they have to beat the small team. Yeah, they, they have, have to completely to their flip what they're yeah. doing, and it's a very difficult thing to cope with. Now they do have pace. They have yeah. Scott Sinclair. They have other players. Like they, they troubled Tierney. Man City last season and they had defensive issues. They did. They played very well last season yeah. in the Champions League and they were unfortunate that yeah, they, they couldn't sustain they, They're it. very unlucky in their Champions League groups. Yeah. Like last season. Well, they that's got, what's going to happen when yeah, you're fourth that's true, seed, yeah. you know, it, and it's not getting any better in No, in like there's no way to really fix that because when you get a difficult group, you have poor Champions yeah. League showing and that just keeps you in the yeah. fourth like seed. Like their coefficient suffered last season because nobody got into the Euro- Europa League and they yeah. got the Europa League because they had a hard group and they finished fourth. Like granted that I don't think will come into play in the next few years, but it's still affecting them right now. Yeah. It's like it's not it's not helping them with competition and everything like that. No. And how who knows how long Brendan Rodgers is gonna stay there. The yeah, like you wonder how long until someone in the Premier League comes for him and he can have his comeback there. He'll only want a big club though, that's the thing. No, but that's what I mean. Like someone even like Tottenham Spurs, could come yeah. in, yeah. It could be that could be his next move and he moves them to Wembley. Yeah. And that'll be an exciting time. On that bombshell, it's time to bring the show to a close for another week. I want to thank you for listening and please do get in touch. You can email us at the tfpod at gmail.com and follow us on social media at the tfpod. You can follow us individually. I'm combon27 and Declan is at Cheesy Hairpun. Remember to subscribe, rate and review on whatever platform you listen on. And that just leaves me to say thank you, Declan. No bother. Until next week, farewell. <laughs>